Good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour. It's a hump day Wednesday. How you doing? I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website at allamericangold.com. Updated Monday through Friday with articles and videos and and uh, soon to be another blog. Uh, I was talking to Ramon this morning, and I said, you know, it, it's like I'm back in, in high school, or, well, maybe it was starting all the way back in elementary school. You know, when you're writing, they, they always say you got to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And I was telling Ramon, I go, I have all of those. The problem is I don't have them all for the same thing. Right, I've got a beginning for stagflation. I've got an ending for GDP. I've got a middle for uh, jobs. I've got all this stuff, and I said I've got like five or six different ones, but none of them are quite complete. We'll get it done. We'll get it done uh, before the end of the week. We're going to have another uh, one of my blogs up there. Make sure you look forward to that. Uh, what a gr- great day today is! It is Amazon Day. 50,000 jobs are going to be, you know, right on the spot for a lot of these jobs. At least that's what they're claiming, in which in today's job market, that's almost impossible. You know, and it's it's really uh, interesting. Uh, I was talking to Homer yesterday, and I've been uh, telling you about uh, his son, who graduated from college in three years, right, which... That's also pretty hard to do. Uh, and had graduated in May and still hadn't gotten a job. And uh, yesterday, Homer told me he finally landed a job at a nonprofit. Uh, and he, and, and, and I, I will say this, one of the things he was looking to do was something uh, community-driven, whether it be a nonprofit or a charity or, or something like that. That's what he wanted to do. Uh, and uh, for his troubles, he's going to make about 24000 bucks a year. But uh, congratulations to Austin. I know it's been uh, a lot of heartache and a lot of interviewing, and, and normally these things take you know a month, two months, uh, three months just to get a job. Amazon saying they're going to try to hire 50,000 people. I looked where they were hiring. They're not doing it here. In Arizona, they're not doing it in Colorado, but there are certain states where they're doing it. And initial reports are there's lines everywhere. And Amazon is paying $11.50 an hour, I believe, everywhere but in the state of Washington. Uh, Obviously, minimum wage, and that is Amazon. I guess they're headquartered there as well. Uh, but they're going to pay thirteen fifty there, but everywhere else eleven dollars and fifty cents. So if you do the math, and let's just take it at face value, hey, you got a full time forty hour a weeker at Amazon today, you're going to make twenty three thousand nine hundred and forty bucks, and people are lined up out the door uh, for one of those jobs. Uh, but uh, if that's one of you, hey, I hope you get it, because I guess that be, it, it's better than no job at all. Uh, 
But this is kind of what it's it boiled down to. These are the new jobs. This is it. And this is, I guess, really, when you think about it, one of the better ones. Uh, we had, this is the first week of the month, so today, tomorrow, Friday, we'll get all the kinds of jobs numbers. ADP came out today. That's private sector. This is a survey. Uh, you know, they, they do some calling, not based on really any big fact, but they said uh, 178,000 jobs created in July. Those They're looking for 185, so it was in the ballpark. Uh, unfortunately, I guess for everybody, it was all in the service sector, uh, which tends to be, you know, kind of like Amazon. Right? It's low pay. Uh, and, and I don't know, they don't break it down between part-time and full-time and all of those other things, but... Tomorrow we'll get jobless games, and then uh, Friday we'll get what the government said the jobs were. Uh, but this is kind of it. This is kind of the new economy. Uh, Amazon's paying eleven dollars and fifty cents, or twenty, you know, just under twenty-four thousand dollars a year. And of course, before you don't get all that, right? You got to do your payroll tax part. So if you did the ta- the payroll tax, you got about twenty-two five. Because you're going to pay about just under fifteen hundred dollars in in payroll taxes, so you got twenty two thousand five hundred dollars for the year. You make about eighteen hundred and seventy five bucks a, a month, and that's if you did, you know, hey, I've got twelve dependents, right? If you were if you uh, were claiming one or on your ta- on your tax forms. Right, they didn't get even less than that. But let's just say you're you're going to have nothing else taken out of your check. Eighteen hundred and seventy-five bucks. If you use forty percent of that to pay for rent, that would mean you you could afford seven hundred and fifty dollars worth of rent. Uh, that would put you right near the crack house and the prostitutes. I mean, you'd be right in between the two, right? Well, let's see. Do I want to live next to the guy do, dealing the crack, or do I want to live next to the, the gal selling her body for money? Because that's what you're going to get. And this is, and they're lined up out the door. And, and this is the great American economy at, at its finest, uh, Amazon Day, 50,000 jobs. Well, I guess they said 40 to 50. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, let's, let's go crazy. Let's say they find 50,000 jobs. Uh, that's what you're going to be left with. We're making America great one job at a time. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. You know, the sad part about that, I was making more at the drugstore I worked at in 1991. <laughs> These guys are going to, Gales are going to be working at Amazon in 2017. And the minimum wage, and, and I don't know the exact minimum wage, I didn't... I just was thinking about it. I didn't have time to look it up. But I want to say it was sub four and a quarter to to five bucks. Somewhere somewhere between four and five dollars an hour was the minimum wage then. And I was an hourly employee uh, at the drugstore and made
making I made more than twenty three thousand dollars. And this was you know, like I said, ninety one, ninety two. And then I became, you know, store manager and then, you know, I, I was I made the you know, the whopping pay at the time which was forty grand. Which I thought I was gonna be a billionaire at that. That was more money than I could ever possibly imagine. And now today you look at a, a $24,000 a year job and you're like, okay, well, how many roommates do I need? You know, uh, I've got a, a, another friend of mine. His daughter is a teacher, okay, and she's a young teacher. This is her fourth year teaching, and she's making about $45,000, and she teaches here in Arizona. And she has not one but two roommates. They pay about eighteen hundred and seventy-five dollars a month in rent between the three girls. They split it. And he was telling me about, hey, she can't get a house. There's no way. Can't afford a house. Like I said, well, she could, right next to a, you know, the crack dealer. And you should have seen it on TV. They were acting like this was the best thing that ever happened, you know, this big job fair from Amazon. Uh, this was out of Fortune magazine today. Older women are contributing to the American workforce more than ever before, according to the data from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, the BLS. They're the ones that track all this stuff. They say that by 2024, one in 10 workers in the U.S. workforce will be older than 65. I guess 65 or older. One in 10. So 10% of the entire workforce of the country here in the next, what, eight years or so is going to be over the age of 65. Half of that is going to be women. They also predict there will be twice as many older female workers than by the when they say. So this is now the the definition of older. I want. I was curious what that was. So any anybody that if you're 55 now, you are now in the older category. So age 55 and over. Working women, there will be twice as many women aged 55 and over than working than women aged 16 to 24. The labor force in, in total is forecasted to grow, which we're at 153 million today. The BLS says eh, it's not going to grow much more. We're only going to get to about 164 million by 2024. 41 million of those will be people the age of 55 and over. So you think about, you're looking at essentially a third of the workforce will now be 55 or older. And I've been telling you, this whole growth in this workforce, right, it isn't the younger kids. The, the endangered species is the male ages 24 to 55. Right? We went from 
percent employment in that category. We're down to 88. That means 12 percent of men ages 24 to 55 are not in the workforce. The data shows that the number of women aged 65 and older contributing to the U.S. workforce has been steadily rising since when? Yeah, you guessed it. You know, the, the early 2000s, right? Since the economy went to to nothing. The number of working men, 65 and older, is also on the rise. And, of course, that kind of makes sense, doesn't it, right? Because no one has enough money to what? To retire anymore. I uh, don't know how many older people Amazon's going to be hiring today, but I thought it was worth noting. You know, we, we're really seeing this huge shift in in not only the the workforce itself, but how the workforce is comprised, who's working, who isn't working, and how much we're making. Yesterday, one of the big pieces of economic data was wages. Right, and today you think about it. Hey, Amazon's going to hire fifty thousand people for twenty-four grand a year. I mean, that's poverty. I don't know if it's poverty if you're single, but if you're married and you got kids, I know definitely it is. But but again, when you think about half of the workforce, so you got one hundred and fifty-three million. You take half of that. That's about seventy-six and a half million people. That's a lot of people. They make $30,000 or less. Now, some of those people are married to another person that makes, you know, 30000 or less. And between the two of them, maybe they can get to fifty. Right, Right now, if a, a husband and wife went through Amazon and they both got hired today, they would have a combined income of about $48,000. And they still wouldn't be able to buy a house. Seventy percent of the workforce. So you got 153 million. Seventy percent. That'd be 107 million of the 153 make less than 50 thousand. And we're looking at these things, and, and they come out and they talk about, you know, the, this job growth, and 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 what what they don't talk about is this isn't the job that we grew up with. And, of course, they talk about inflation and what things cost, and we've been breaking it down. You know, they don't consider the increase in your health care costs, your prescription drug costs, all of those things. What they like to do is, well, what's the end game here? The end game still is the same. It doesn't matter how they got there, right? The insurance company charged you more, but they're still paying the same amount. So, therefore, we'll pretend like there's there's no inflation. Uh, the Dow crossed 22,000 today. Let's give that a clip. I think we're, I, it's, it's going to go higher. I really do. I told you, they're still building this bubble. And whether it's a bond bubble or, or a stock bubble, it really doesn't matter, right? One goes, the other one goes with it. You know what the hard part is, is I don't know. One of the questions I got yesterday. You know, besides uh, buying gold, buying silver, how do I make sure that I'm protected? And I don't know the answer. I, I don't know what annuity or or what uh, index fund or, or any of those. I don't know. It's a, it was a great question. I 
really, truly don't know that answer. You know, what is it that would keep you safe from that? And the answer is, I don't know. I'd love to know. I, I, I'll try to find out. I don't know how I'll find out, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to come up with that. And, and, and sit there and try to understand. Because really, when you look at it, if you look at just the top-line number, you can kind of say, okay, that, that seems right. You know, we, we've got an unemployment rate of 4.3 or 4.4%. Right? That's, you know, historically, that's a pretty good number. Right? That was a number they always said when you got below 5%. You're kind of at full employment. And here was the logic behind that answer. Historically, 3% of the workforce had voluntarily quit one job to try to find another job. In other words, and you know what the jobs we're talking about. Right, those were the, the maybe you were the courtesy clerk, the bagger at the Safeway, you were the uh, you know the the guy at the car wash, or you you were the a cashier at Circle K, or, or or something like you worked at McDonald's, right? You were asking you want fries with that shake and stuff like that. And the schedule came out, and and you wanted to to go out with your girlfriend to the party that night, and so you said, the heck with it, I'll just get another job next week. And then you go across the street at, to the jack-in-the-box, and they'd hire you. You go from a Safeway, you went over to Fry's, and they'd give you a job. And so historically, that was 3%. Now, I'll just tell you the logic behind it. I don't know if that was actually true or not, but that's what they said. The other 1% or so, and the number varied, right? They said 1% to 2% were the the people that were, you know, really, you know, they got laid off. They were a, a more skilled-type worker, and, and, and they were collecting an unemployment check. And, and trying to hopefully, you know, the, the factory would reopen or something like that. They had to find another line of work. So they said, hey, any any number, you know, somewhere in that 4 to 5%, especially when it got below 5%, that was what they considered to be full employment, right, nirvana, right, complete total nirvana I guess would be 4%, right? Hey, 3%, they're always in flux. And then, you know, 1% to 2%, well, 1% being the lowest number, so 4% is about as good as they could do. So when you look at that number, then you look at jobs created, and you're like, okay, 175000 that's not horrible. I mean, it's not the, the booming times, but it's, it's a decent number. I mean, we're not losing jobs. And if you took the jobless claims number, which we're going to get tomorrow, but that number's been somewhere between 230 and 250, 230 to 250,000 first-time jobless claims each week. His 
historically an extremely low number. I mean, that's numbers from the 70s. And there's 100 million less people here then. So the headline part of it feels really good. But then when you look at the underneath part, that's when it all kind of falls apart. Most of these jobs now are part-time. The largest portion of jobs now are not only are they part-time, but they're also minimum wage. So even if they're full-time, most of them are at or near minimum wage. And the problem was minimum wage. And, you know, Eric used to tell the story, and I loved it. He talked about how when he was still in high school, right, he moved out, had a job at the gas station, making minimum wage, and had an apartment where he paid rent, and he also was able to save enough money to buy a truck. Today, you get a job making minimum wage at Amazon. You got enough money to live, you know, like we said, next to the drug dealer. Unless you got enough, about three or four roommates. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. On June 19th, the Department of Homeland Security announced that the government was finally ready to deploy a method of tracking whether visitors leave the United States. That's been the missing piece to determine if people who arrive on temporary visas actually leave when they're supposed to. It's been more than 20 years since Congress ordered the government to install an entry-exit tracking system, but the last three administrations failed to get it done. As a result, millions of people checked into our country under the pretense of a temporary visit and never checked out. In May, the DHS Inspector General reported on a massive backlog of 1.2 million expired visa cases. Some 416,000 people overstayed their visas in 2015, but only 2,400 were deported that year. Well, Donald Trump is carrying out his promise to remove the, quote, bad hombres from our country. Arrests and deportations of criminal aliens were up 38 percent in his first 100 days. Federal law enforcement, however, is meeting resistance from Democratic state and local officials. Their commitment to a policy of sanctuary for illegal aliens is illustrated by two recent crimes in the Washington, D.C. area. The rape of a 14-year-old girl in a public school bathroom in Rockville, Maryland, and the brutal murder of a 17-year-old Muslim girl in Reston, Virginia. The sex attack in the school bathroom caused an uproar until it was revealed that the two attackers came from Guatemala and El Salvador as part of the wave of 100,000 unaccompanied minors who illegally crossed our southern border in 2014. Then the local prosecutor found an excuse to drop the charges against the young men. The murder of the Virginia girl as she was leaving a mosque during Ramadan was initially described as an Islamophobic hate crime. After it was revealed that the accused is an illegal immigrant from El Salvador who killed the girl by beating her with a metal baseball bat, police demoted the crime to road rage. But thankfully, there is a new tone set from the top. 
when Attorney General Jeff Sessions visited the Arizona border in April, he declared, This is a new era. This is the Trump era. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Illegal immigration burdens our schools and social services and opens doors to criminals and terrorists. Outdated visa programs divert jobs from Americans. PhyllisSchlafly.com chronicles these outrageous unfair practices and provides answers. Go online to PhyllisSchlafly.com. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Patriot Radio News Hour, our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. Got a, a really great opportunity today. Uh, U, U.S. $10 Gold Liberties, Mint State 61. This is a, a product we don't, we don't normally sell. We always tell you, hey, stay at the low end. Buy as much gold as you can. Right, but buy the right type, which is what you want to stay as private as possible. You want to be able to to buy it, sell it, trade it, whatever you need to do, and be as private as possible, which puts you into the older U.S. gold markets. And we always deal in the the lowest end, and the and I tell this story all the time. The only time I sell graded material, and what does graded mean? We'll get to that in a minute is when I can when you can buy it for what our ungraded stuff is. And in that case it's a great buy. US ten dollar liberties, these are mint state sixty one, graded by PCGS and NGC. Right now an ungraded ten dollar liberty six ninety five today an MS sixty one ten dollar liberty six ninety five. So you don't pay anything at all for the grade. And, and how the grades work, it's like the 0 to 10, but they use 60 to 70 in the coin business. So Mint State, which is what the MS stands for, the M for Mint, the S for State, and then it gives a grade. And these are going to be coins that didn't get put into circulation. In other words, they got minted by the mint. They got put into a treasury bag. And these are liberties, so these are all before 1907. Right, 1907, uh, 1866 to 1907. So most of these, when they were minted, they either stayed at that mint or more than likely got put on a stagecoach Right, and got sent to some bank where it was sitting in a vault somewhere. May have been put on a ship even, right? May have been put on the ship and sent overseas. And in in these coins, right, some of the coins got banged up a little more than the others, right? The ones on the, the top and probably the ones on the very bottom, right? The ones on the very bottom got beat up the most. They got more coin marks than the ones, say, in the middle. And there's really, and I don't know, there may be an MS-70 somewhere in a Liberty. I doubt it. I, I, I don't remember ever seeing it. Mo, most of them, the highest grades you'll see is like an MS-67. 
Uh, you'll see 66s and 65s, but the the most of them are 61s through 63s. These are a mint state 61. So these coins are probably near the bottom of the bag, right, as they got bounced around in a stagecoach, you know, and... 1893 or something like that or on a ship somewhere uh, they're all graded by PCGS or NGC and and you're talking about you know being able to 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 go up really about five or six grades here for no money so US ten dollar liberties ms61 PCGS and NGCs 695 at 800. 800- Nine five one zero five nine two. By the way, we are talking about affordability. They just came out with what the average rent now is in the United States. Uh, we just hit an all-time high. The average median asking rent up. Seven and seven point four percent year on year. The now the average rent now is nine hundred and ten dollars a month, or roughly about half of your Amazon pay. Uh, broken down by region. Oh, forgot about that. The northeast and western regions rents were nearly identical. Uh, cost a little more. Yeah, eleven hundred and eighty-two to eleven hundred and ninety-two dollars. And these aren't, you know, you're not, <laughs> right. This is basic stuff here, right? Eleven ninety-two. Uh, by the way, those prices up twenty-one and sixteen percent respectively. Now it makes sense. Why are they building all of these apartment complexes all over Phoenix? <laughs> That's why. Uh let's see they they uh rents in the I don't they didn't give the the South and the Midwest, so I apologize for that. I can't tell you the answers to those, but obviously cheaper in those two regions. But the big jump in rents, the northeast and the western regions, where now the average rent is over a thousand. Right, over. Let's just say, let's round it up, twelve hundred bucks a month uh, for you to rent an apartment here in the west coast, and uh, Amazon's paying you about eighteen hundred bucks a month, and that's assuming uh, you got a bunch of dependents. Social security. We've got a new update, the Social Security Trust Fund. The program last year spent $922 billion. So this year, I'm going to guess, will be the first year we're going to break the trillion-dollar level. The program after interest paid brought in $957 billion. Now, you've heard me tell you, hey, Social Security Trust Fund, we're already spending more than we're taking in. This number says, hey, not quite, right? We still got a little difference. 
The difference is made up in the interest. This is how big of a hoax we have. We talk about schemes, and we talk, you know, Ponzi schemes being the most, you know, widely known, but the, the lengths the government is going to to lie to everybody. As we all know, the trust fund that was supposed to be chock full of money, somewhere around $3 trillion, give or take, the government spent the money. They actually never bought the security, right? They didn't buy the bond that would actually pay the interest. But yet they go through the whole deal like they really did and act like they're making an interest payment. Why would they do that? Talk about that then. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two MS sixty one ten dollar liberties. The same price as raw ten dollar liberties. Six ninety five today. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. We're talking about Social Security and the the lengths that the government is going to. And really, not just the government, the media goes with it in, in trying to disguise what is really happening. Right? And it's the same thing when you look at, like, Puerto Rico or Illinois. By the way, uh, the next one, Virgin Islands, apparently, is going to be next, just so to keep you all up to speed. So if you have Virgin Island bonds, you may want to get out of those. Uh, <laughs> now, there are same problems. You know, pension. As a matter of fact, there is a big article in the Arizona Republic today uh, talking about our pension funds again. If you read the uh, Republic, Section five, uh, five A, page five, Section A, page five. Make sure you spend the time. Uh, it's everywhere. But the government spent the trust fund, and we know this. That's why. When they talk about the trust fund, they call it non-marketable securities. And non-marketable is a fancy word for, yeah, we really didn't buy anything. That's, that's really just an IOU. And they pretend that they bought, they actually bought it. And so when they give out the numbers, they inflate the tr- what they got, what Social Security collected by pretending that they bought a security that actually paid interest. And then, of course, the media comes out and says, oh, yeah, we're fine, you know. Well, we're almost fine. When the realities are, every year now, the government spends more money on Social Security than it takes in. We're running a deficit. Even though you'll turn in and they'll tell you, no, no, we're not quite there yet. And then they try to tell you how much it's going to cost to fix it. And you hear these people and they'll come out on TV or they'll write articles about, ah, it won't be that bad. 
right? If Congress would just act right now, which, let's face it, they're not going to. We'd only need to raise the 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 FICA tax by two percent or three percent. Some say four percent. And already, you pay you pay six point two. Your employer pays six point two. If you're self-employed, you pay the whole twelve point four. But then they used numbers that the government, you know, picks out of thin air, right? Numbers that really have no chance of actually ever being true. And then they come out and they make it sound like there's a simple solution. I'm going to give you what the solution's going to be. Well, actually, I can't give I don't know what the solution's going to be. I'm going to give you what the actual numbers are going to be. How about that? We don't make it the next 10 years. Somewhere within the next 10 years, and I won't be, you know, the, the, it won't be next year or the year after year, but 10 years from today, we're going to be talking about a trust fund that is empty. Here's the problem. The trust fund's already empty. That $3 trillion does not exist. So when you just think about Social Security alone, and if you divided it out over, you know, the, the 10 years, you're talking about an increase in the debt of $300 billion per year. But it doesn't go that way, right? At first, it's small. Like this year, really truthfully told, we probably had a debt of about $20 billion. Next year, it's probably going to be closer to 50 But we're going to spend the entire $3 trillion over the next 10 years. And we kind of talk about, you know, where the deficits are already going. Right? And every year the CBO comes out, oh, well, we had this thing, and you know, we made an, an error here, and and this happened, and that happened, and next thing you know, we're adding trillions of dollars to the national debt. And I only bring that up because you think about debt is exploding, wages are contracting, the workforce, more and more of the workforce now is comprised of workers of 55 and older. And these new jobs that are being created, really when you think about Amazon, that 50,000 jobs, how many retailers' jobs did we lose for that? Look at how many stores have already closed this year. It's probably a net loser, all told, but, but nonetheless, they don't pay any money. And so now we're sitting here and we're trying to think about how, when we talk about headline numbers again, right? We talked about the headline jobs numbers and the unemployment numbers and the jobless claims numbers. And that would really, a headline number like that would, hey, Dow 22,000, that makes sense. And then when you look underneath the numbers, like, ah, oh, maybe it doesn't, right? The, the, the no-growth economy, right? Alan Greenspan talking about, hey, the bubble's in the bond market. It doesn't matter where it is. 
the underlying issue, and it's always been this, it's a debt problem. And everywhere I look in this country, that problem has only gotten bigger. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. Final segment here on a Wednesday. Uh, depending on where you look, uh, you go to our website today, go to Kitco, gold's up three, uh, maybe four bucks. Uh, I'll tell you right now, gold's down a dollar uh, from where it closed yesterday in New York. I won't go through uh, the reasons for the difference, but gold's $1,272. Uh, silver sixteen dollars and seventy cents. Uh, the Dow did get above twenty two thousand. Uh, wasn't at least as of right now hasn't held it. Uh, the Nasdaq's negative. The S and P is negative, and the Dow is up about fifteen points. Uh, it's about twenty five points away uh, from twenty two thousand. As we talk about another reason why you need to have wealth insurance, why you need to own gold. Donald Trump, I like a dollar that's not too strong. I mean, I've seen strong dollars. And frankly, other than the fact that it sounds good, lots of bad things happen with a strong dollar. Of course, the dollar right at 93, right? We've been watching here the last few days. Is it going to break it or is it not? And and, uh, it's just kind of really sitting right on this threshold. I think the next leg down again, it's at a resistant one, but the next leg down is farther down again. But I just want you to remember, just uh, put that in the list of things that's changed. It used to be when you were 55, you got out of stocks and you bought bonds. Now when the oldest population got to 55, they took that away from you, didn't they? Used to be when you were 55, you started talking about retirement. Now the largest growing population of the workforce is people 55 and older, and the largest growing part of the workforce is 65 and older. Used to be that they talked about strong dollar, strong dollar, strong strong dollar drove Wall Street. Now, you know, you know, strong dollar. I mean, it sounds good, but nothing good happens from that. I mean, and you, and you just sit there and you start to realize this is why, like I said, you can make all of these numbers appear any way you want. Right? We can come out with these great headline numbers and they can try to pretend everything is wonderful, but the realities are they tried to paper, paper over debt with more debt. And it worked for a little while, and it, and it stopped. it's getting ready to stop working again. Uh, MS-61, $10 liberties, because nothing good comes from a strong dollar. They're $695 today, the exact same price as a raw, ungraded, circulated $10 gold piece at 800 800- Nine five one zero five nine two. Make sure you take the time, put them away. It keeps us doing what it is that we've been doing forever. But really, it really is shocking. This is, you know, you got the president. He's been weighing in about uh, the next Federal Reserve chief, if it's going to be Janet Yellen or somebody else. And he's been talking about how he's a low rate guy. 
Now, after an interview with the Wall Street Journal, apparently he's a weak dollar guy on top of a low-rate guy. Take the Radio News Hour. Happy hump day to everybody. Take care. God bless. We'll be back tomorrow.